welcome to So You Couldn't Be a Pop Star, the show where we talk to people who might not be pop stars but are obsessed with their careers and find out what it takes to get there. We're your hosts, Mandy and Sarah with ButWhatIsNext.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our inaugural episode of our podcast, which is handled by yours truly. My name is Sarah, and I'm with my co-host, Mandy, and we're with ButWhatIsNext.com. So you may have heard of ButWhatIsNext.com, but if you haven't, essentially what we do is we help trauma survivors and people in all walks of life with career and education resources to help them figure out, dun dun dun, what is next. next? I love it. Um, so typically, what we're going to be doing with this podcast is interviewing people from all walks of life, whether um, it's different industries, different roles, um, mostly people who are kind of in atypical career situations, uh, and figure out how they got there. Um, a lot of people are coming out of different situations in life, different walks of life, mm-hmm. that they don't have a college degree. They really don't have any education to speak of. And so what we want to do is help shed some light on what's available out there for you if you're stuck trying to figure out your career in life. If you're still trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I'm almost 40 <clears throat> and still trying to figure that out. I think I know what I want to be right now. That's fair. But there might be other things. That's fair. And I'm not sure I'm grown up, so. I completely understand that. doesn't count yet. So, you know, with today's episode, since we are just interviewing each other, giving you guys as listeners a chance to figure out who we are and what we're about and how we got into our respective career fields, because I can assure you, they're not typical. (laughs) (laughs) How each of us landed here was not a typical route. I'm looking forward to figuring out how I landed here. By having this podcast. I think it's going to be really fun for you. Like, I feel like I've told my story a lot in terms of how I got here in my career, but it's going to be interesting to hear yours. Yeah, and I feel like I know in my own head, like, what the connection points are, Mm -hmm. but I also know when I talk about my career, it doesn't really make sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I've had so many different jobs that are kind of not connected and all connected, and so it's fun to kind of weave that story. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for people like me that didn't have a thing that they're like, that's what I want to do, or that's what I'm really good at. Like, I feel like I've spent most of my career figuring that out. Right. And so there's a lot of, like, weird connection points. It's not straightforward. It's not, like, A to B to C. It's, like, A to 7 to 19 (laughs) to Z to W to 3. It's a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, random question. Go for it. I'm going to take you really far back. Ooh, how far back? Let's see. Like when you were like nine, what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm, when I was nine, in charge. What does that mean? <laughs> I just wanted to be in control of the thing. Like I liked the idea of being a teacher simply because I'd be telling a whole group of kids what to do. Wow. And like making lesson plans and like I would stand up in front of people and be the one in charge. I don't think I ever really liked the idea of teaching. Mm -hmm. I entertained it for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. And my freshman year in college, or maybe my senior year in high school, I spent a little bit of time with my favorite teacher from elementary school. And she left me in her classroom, her fourth grade classroom. She left me there with like her 30 students. 
for about 15 minutes, just me. Oh my God. And that was all I needed to know I never wanted to go anywhere near a classroom in that way again. And teaching was not for me. <laughs> and then we had kids and it really, just... and it really solidified that I didn't want to spend all my waking moments with kids. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I get that. Shout out to the stay-at-home moms out there, by the way, and the teachers. You guys are underpaid and underappreciated, and just know. 100%. We hear about whatisnext.com. My hat goes off. Every year that goes by, I'm just more amazed by teachers. I know. I don't don't know how they do it. I I wonder what they do when they go home to make it through the rest of the days. Mm -hmm. Like, I I wonder if there's something genetically different. Right. Because I don't, I I couldn't. It's a labor of love. Whew. Yeah. So what did you want to be when you were nine? Well, I had a few different iterations. So when I was really little, I liked the idea of carrying, like, file folders around. Like, I don't know what that meant. (laughs) Oh, my God. I had binders. I loved binders. Like, I just – I would take my mom's extra work supplies and, like, fill them up with stuff to feel important. Yeah. I I have things to do. Yeah. Because I have a binder full of things. things Right. And so that's what I would do is I would, like, set up my stuffed animals around the room with, like – I would, like, carry folders. And I'd, like, drop folders off. Like, here's your thing. And I really loved that. Then it evolved into I wanted to be a hairstylist who was also a rock star. Oh, I definitely wanted to be a pop star in there. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of choreographed dances. I remember when I got, like, my first computer and I would, like, record myself singing and I'd listen to it back and be like, oh – definitely sounded better than that this is bad quality right and then, or like once I remember having a cold mm-hmm. and I was like oh I bet this voice sounds good so I'd record myself then and be like yeah a little better so if I can just get there yeah pop star was definitely okay that's fair that was definitely on there <laughs> well so I wanted I wanted to do hair because I like the creative aspect of it and I love making people feel good like mm-hmm. it's a really important thing for me it's like making people feel good and I don't know about you but Every time I get a really good haircut or a good hair color, I'm like, God, I am my best self right now. I love it. Yes. And I wanted to do that for other people. So then I figured out, though, that I was really bad at chemistry. Hmm. And it was made known to me that hair color is a lot of chemistry. And I was like, you know what? That and being on my feet all day, I just don't think I have it in me. So, Yeah, sciences aren't my strong suit. No. Mm -mm. I had to take a lot of... Um, statistics, another not strong suit, math, because Mm. my degree is in psychology. And I wanted to go on and get my PhD, but when I realized how much (laughs) would be involved in all of the research, I was like, ooh, Uh -uh. that seems like torture. Right. Yeah. So that's when, that was a different career dream when I thought maybe I'd be an FBI profiler. Okay. Yeah. But PhD was required for that. Um, And I also had been. And, and that didn't seem like fun to have a baby and be in a PhD program. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Okay. So you went to school for psychology. Mm-hmm. I went to school for visual communications at a fashion school. Yeah. These are both degrees that it's like, it means something, but it's also like, but what does that but even does mean in application mean? to the rest of your life? Well, and not to mention that my school, when I went to FITM in downtown LA... Uh, it only went up to an AA. Like, there was nothing beyond that. Mm. So you'd get a two-year degree, and a lot of the girls left and would go to MUD, which is the makeup school in Burbank. It was, like, a very natural next step. You'd hear girls that are like, oh, I finished FITM. I'm going to MUD because I want to do the whole thing. I want to do hair, makeup, and styling. 
And that's a lot for anyone. Um, I did not, did not pass. do that. I said hard pass. <laughs> just want to make one thing pretty, not all the things Yeah. Pretty. So, okay. So if you started in psychology, mm-hmm. tell us what you do now. So now I am a producer in commercial and documentary film production. Okay. Totally, totally makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's connected. I mean. So let me make it, make a little more sense for you. Mm-hmm. I did, I worked in banking through college. And then my first job out of college, I ran a career development program for recent college grads who couldn't get jobs because being a recent college grad, I clearly had so much experience to right, offer. Right, you were ready. Mm-hmm. Which then morphed into just kind of nonprofit program development and career coaching. And then I built and ran a program for substance abuse recovery and treatment. And then I was a project manager at a digital marketing agency. And then I worked in permitting for telecom. Oh, my Lord. And did consulting in a project management capacity for a bunch of different businesses and industries. Mm -hmm. And then I landed here. Wow. Yeah, it makes so much sense. (laughs) So now you see why I said it's A to 300 to Z to W to 19. Sure. Yeah, it's it's not You know what's interesting? Your, Your story, though, starts like it makes sense. Like psychology and then the career coaching. There's mm-hmm. a lot of career coaching stuff, mm-hmm. which I love, especially because of what we're doing Very relevant here. now. <laughs> Thank you, first job. Yeah. Amazing. Because like what an amazing natural fit you are mm-hmm. for this whole project. My heart sings. But like there's like this weird shift where it was like, tell a, what was it? Which one? The tele- oh, 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 the permitting. So that, okay. The weird shift of that was 2020 happened, right? And I was right. working at a digital marketing agency mm-hmm. with a... Um, Ooh, if you want to Google like toxic workplace, mm-hmm. like it would check off everything and then some. And so <laughs> when pandemic started and I had a kid at home in school and this job and everything just got wonky times seven, I quit that job. And so it was not super planned. It wasn't like, here's what I'm going to next. Like there was nothing. Yeah. And so it was, what can I do? And right. I, I had a friend who said, hey, I can give you some administrative stuff. And then really quickly, he was like, oh, you're highly competent. Mm -hmm. I can give you other things and pay you more. And so it was the best paying job I've ever had. Amazing. also the most mind-numbing, soul-crushing job. (laughs) And I'm eternally grateful for it. Right. But I would have to sit down and, like, I would yell before I started working. Because I would just be so mad that I, like, I would have to get myself in this mindset of you can do this. So I'd just sit down and be like, ah! And was then, this like okay. into a pillow? Like what? Oh no, I wasn't muffling it. I will not make myself or my frustration smaller. I <laughs> it love was that. Full volume. And so that was really just like a pay the bills thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit at all. That's why you're like, what is this? Right. Yeah, that was pay the bills while I had nothing else. And in that time, I was able to get another job, get certified to teach yoga. <laughs> That's right. Right? I did the, I did the 200-hour yoga teacher training through there because, one, I love learning, mm-hmm. and I love yoga, and I needed more. Like, that job wasn't fulfilling or connected for me, and so sure. I had time to do that with that job, thankfully. And so I did that through there and then just started consulting, and the film production company that I work for now was someone that I had worked with as a vendor partnership at the marketing agency. And so in that time they came to me and said, Hey, would you want to do some project management for us? And so it started on like a very small five to 10 hour a week basis. And then they bumped it up 
And then it started going from project management to actually producing things for them because here's a fun fact. Project management is production. It's just the film industry term. Like huh. not a thing I knew. I was just like, this is fun. Right. This, this is a cool industry. But what would I do? I don't have any training. I yeah. go to film school. I don't know any of these things. But I know how to project manage. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the through point. In every job that I've had, it required the organizational skills that for me are just what I do. Right. It's how my brain works. And I never, it took me a long time to recognize that was a skill set that could be applied and profited from because mm-hmm. I thought it's just how brains worked. Right. I didn't realize that not everyone's works that way. And like, that's a thing that I do really well. Yeah. And so in every job that I've had, there's been that through line. And this was the first job where like I could apply that and I was really into what I was doing. Let's take a minute and talk about like what your day-to-day looks like because here's the thing is every time I've watched a movie like you know the credits always roll by and you're like you see like big names producing and you see a lot of like famous actors and actresses get into production. My day-to-day can look hugely variable. Mm -hmm. Some days it's a ton of meetings. Um, It depends on what phase we're in. So like in production you work in pre-production, production production, and post-production. So in pre, it's like we've gotten the project signed, we know what we're making, and Mm -hmm. we have to pull in all the details. So that's deciding who the right crew is for a job and hiring those people, confirming them, confirming rates, dates, all of that, making sure contracts go out. It's finding locations, figuring out what's needed based on what the script is called called for. It's getting a script written and finalized, and so we'll work with the creative team so that they're writing that script and working with the partner. Um, And then we have to produce it. So everything in that script... Talent, locations, props, wardrobe, all of that. We have to get the crew around and make sure that it's there. So we kind of do everything without doing any of it. We make sure all of it happens and all of it's there. We make sure by the time we get to production day, we have meals planned so our crew is fed. Can I be an intern, though, and, like, help you with the food part? I love food. I I would pay you wow. to help me with the food that's amazing it's like whenever they're like and when the guys I work for ask me what my idea is of like who we would bring in next on a production team it's mm-hmm. like just someone to handle the food please I love if that. I could never do food again it would be too soon that's amazing yeah okay I got distracted because we started talking about food go yeah. ahead well now, now I'm hungry <laughs> We'll feed you when we're done talking, don't worry. So pre-production is, a, a, it can be a grind. There's a ton of meetings. There's a ton of details. There's location scouting. There's technical scouting. There's contracts. There's casting. I mean, it's it runs a huge gamut. Um, and then you get into production. And for me, like the actual production days are the payoff of the grind of pre-production because we're on set. And like mm. you're there shooting. And as the producer on set, it's your job to make sure everything works the way it should. And so you've already built the schedule, like going in pre-production, we build out shoot schedules and make call sheets where everyone knows where they need to be, when, how much time is expected of them, what the shoot schedule looks like, all of that. So then by the time you get to set, if you've done your job well and you've had enough time for pre-production, it's a pretty fun day as a producer. You get to watch everything you pulled together come to life. And one of my favorite things about this job is, is there are so many different people that are so good at what they do. Not the poltergeist this time. Wow. Actual child. Actual child. Okay. Actual child noise <laughs> that you couldn't see happening. God, I couldn't and I heard it through You're the like, mic. What? I was like, oh my God, what is that? Um, everyone is so good at their individual role. And there's so many roles that I don't have any idea how they do it. Whether it's, you know, our camera crew or the electric crew and our actual talent, the directors. Like, there are so many people that make this happen. Art 
set decoration, hair and makeup, wardrobe. Like there's just so many people needed to make these things happen. And they're all so good in their own specific way and Mm -hmm. have so much knowledge. And it's like there's just there are so many places in work where you have a team of people where there's like one or two people that are really good. Yeah. Right. And like they carry most of the weight. Right. And everyone else can kind of get away with like, like that's not the case here. Like it can't happen. Everyone has to be on their game to have a really great production. And it's so cool to watch. And like that dynamic on set is really important that your crew all feels like they're in step with each other and Mm -hmm. they're communicated with and they're valued. And so my role as the producer is to make sure that's happening. Like, right. is everyone good? Do they have what they need? Is everyone getting the breaks that they need? Like, are they comfortable? Do they feel heard? All of that. And yeah. so that kind of like the psychology piece of seeing people and understanding them comes back in there and trying to keep that ecosystem really comfortable for everyone on set. And then there's the project management organizational piece that like is required to get us through that day smoothly as well. Right. So yes, it long answer my day-to-day looks different all the time and once I really understood like what this job was it does make sense in connection to all the other things I've done you're fighting with your mic over there I really am it's like look at it though even when I turn it look it just wants to be there I feel like we could do um We could do like a how to start a podcast for dummies. Oh my god, we'd and be show so good all by the, the time s- this is struggles done. we had good just getting Lord. to this point. Yeah. Cuz we're smart people and the technical part. This is insane. This is why there's producers for podcasts. You know what? Y- yes. And audio engineers like there are people that do this. Absolutely. Yeah, we're not them. We are not them. Mm-mm. Yeah, this is but I think I'm situated now. I think. Do you think? I think. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling good now. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm like, is mine facing the right way? Now is the second. And now is it all going to sound different from here on out? I don't know. We're going to find out. What is that sound? What sound? I think it was the dog shaking. Oh, probably. like a collar. Yeah. Yeah. There's a dog shaking his head. Well, he was behind you. He's like, these idiots. This is really fun. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious if we're going to end up cutting all this because I'm kind of enjoying the real life banter of like, holy crap, we have no idea what we're doing, but look at us go. go. Which also, for me at least, sums up my career. Holy crap, I have no idea what I'm doing, but look at me go. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, right? And so now you're like this cool producer which I mean you know cool no but you know what was interesting with what you were talking about with productions oh my god (laughs) and that was the dog this is gonna be really colorful (laughs) love it the whole environment Mm -hmm. it resonated with my day-to-day work of overseeing a team and it's completely different because it's like digital marketing and marketing operations but my like when I step back and I think about my day it's like my job is to bring out the best in everybody so what we were talking about though was in productions how much it is like corporate management which is like what I'm doing because I'm hearing you talk and a day-to-day productions is really not what I I mean I kind of had an idea because I did like event productions yeah but it's not like glamorous and exciting like most people think it is I live in a lot of google sheets I love it yeah, I have a lot of lists. Yeah. It's, I'm often referred to as the squeaky wheel. Okay. It's just my job to make sure things happen, yeah. which means I have to annoy people into it a lot of the time. How fun, though. 
Yeah. Oh, I enjoy it. I was going to say, do you feel like you're good at that? (laughs) Oh, I'm really good at it. There's like a really fine line you can find of where people are, they're a little annoyed Mm because they're like, we get it, give it a rest. Right. But you can also make yourself endearing. Right. And so they're like happy to hear from you. Yeah. And they know I'm invested in the end goal being really good for them. Right. So they get on board. But yeah, I've been called a squeaky squeaky wheel more times than I can count. I love it. I just usually say, you're welcome. There you go. Yeah. You're like, guess what? You're going to love your stuff when it's done. What I'm paid to do. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, so what, if you had to think, and I think I know the answer to this, because what people can't see right now is your face, and I can, and you lit up (laughs) at a certain point. It was like, wow, she really loves this part. Mm. So tell me your favorite part of being a producer. So one, as a standard in life, I don't have favorites. Okay. <laughs> because one, I don't like to choose. And if I like multiple things, I want all of them. Okay. Two, I reserve the right for my favorite thing in the moment to change because it depends on the day. With that said, I have many favorite things about this job. <laughs> Which one do you think is my favorite? I think that you really enjoy production day and seeing it all come together. That's the most fun. Like okay. the onset days are the most fun for okay. sure. There's there's an energy about those days and there's really there's something so cool about being in a group full of people that love what they're doing. Right. You know, like no one's for the most part showing up grumbly and like mad to be there. Like everyone has made a choice to have not a totally traditional career path in this field. Mm-hmm. Most people are contractors and freelancers. And so there's a commitment to like doing a thing you love when you're also trying to build your own business and support yourself. Sure. And you're willing to give up the safety and security of like that bigger thing mm-hmm. because you love what you're doing so much. And everyone takes a lot of pride in their work because they're all their own businesses and, you know, representing their own reputation on right. set. And so... And it's like, there's a bunch of weirdos in this industry. (laughs) We're all strange and quirky. And like, there's so much fun personality and energy that shows up on those sets. And it's, it's creative. It's everyone pitching in their own kind of creative aspect. There's Mm. just something really cool about that energy and very gratifying to see all of that hard work and like the grind pay off in this thing that now you can watch play out. Right. The other thing I love about it is... When we first started talking, I named how many jobs, right? Like, I've had a lot of different jobs. I've never done, until this one, I've never done one of them more than 18 months. Oh, okay. Because I get bored. And I love learning. Interesting. And once I've, like, wrapped, I mean, I was in careers, and then I was in the recovery industry, Mm -hmm. and then I was in the marketing industry, and then I was in telecom industry, and then this industry. I like learning. Yeah. And I get really bored. So once I've, like, wrapped my head around a thing, and I've built something, or I've learned it, it's kind of like... But what's next? Oh, my God. Right? Unplanned perfect Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Because if I'm not actively learning, I just don't feel engaged. Like, I'm a person that builds things and creates them and learns things. I'm Mm -hmm. not a person that wants to just wash, rinse, repeat. Right. Like, I think there are certain people that, like, that's a really comfortable place for them. And to, like, become the, the subject matter expert on a thing. And I'm much more of a generalist. Right. And I like to know a lot of different things. And part of the fun for me is the learning and the figuring it out. This job, I feel like I'll be figuring it out for the next 20 years. Oh, cool. Every project is different. Most of our projects run on, like, a 90-day schedule from start to finish. And so I'm never doing the same thing for very long. Which Every is perfect for you. Yeah. So it's like I can do the same job 
but it's never the same. Right. And at any one time, we're producing multiple things. So, you know, at one time, it's like I'm having meetings with um, rural communities across America, figuring out how they're fostering tech and entrepreneurship for a documentary series. Wow. We have a ton of different clients across a lot of different industries. And yeah. we get to do documentary projects, and we get to do higher-end commercial projects, and then we get to do little small projects where right. we have a crew of, you know, three to five of us. And yeah. we get to produce bigger things where we get 30 to 50 people on a crew. So it's just, it's never the same. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning something, new industry terms. I get to learn about people. Yeah. And that's the other cool thing is like getting to learn about the the businesses people have built, the things other people do that they're excited about and like what lights them up and makes them excited and how do we bring that into whatever we're producing for them. Um. And the the documentary piece is really my favorite mm. because there you really get to learn about people. Oh, I like, can't even imagine. Like we get to step into whatever is important for somebody else and learn about their life and their situation and then tell that story is such a cool experience. And I think that's like the knowing what I want to be when I grow up. Right. I love what I'm doing and I would love to move even further into the documentary space someday. And just kind of travel the world and like embed myself in communities and be able to tell those stories for people. Because there's something, it's like the perfect meeting of my like wanting to help people and want to have impact and want to know people and connect with them. And having this like very corporate set of skills around project (laughs) management. (laughs) But like those are hard to find a way that they meet. And that so far for me is like the coolest marriage of all of that stuff. Okay, you know what that tells me about you? Tell me. That when you travel, you prefer to stay in an Airbnb, like, in a community than get a fancy hotel. 100%. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I want to be a place and I want to, like, feel what it's like to live yeah. there. I want to know where the local people go. Like, I want the feel for the place. Yep. It's why I don't love beach towns on the East Coast. Okay. Because they're all resort towns. Yeah. And it's like, to get to the beach, you have to be at a resort. And it's like, that doesn't... It, it feels fake well I mean it's also coming from two Southern California girls who now live in Georgia yeah we have our areas that we're a little snobby about and beaches are one of them (laughs) 100% but my snobby is like your beach isn't grungy enough for me right right like I want it I need to be able to smell what people are smoking right I need a taco shop (laughs) I need like (laughs) the resident beach residents who like live there and you'll see them all the time they don't wear shoes because they don't need them Mm -hmm. right like I want that beach. I don't want to have to go through a resort (laughs) to get to my beach. I could not agree more. Yeah, beaches here confuse me. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. And what I also think is funny is that living here in Georgia, how many people call like lakes going to the beach. Have you heard that? Yeah, and it's a straight lie. It's not. It's It's a lie. You're not going to the beach. Just because there's sand and meets water. And now as I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm going to have to Google the definition of beach because shoot, is that the definition? There's no way. Hold. Oh God, I'm going to be so disappointed if we're wrong about this. (laughs) So we can have a personal definition. Okay. Right? Which I stand by. Because really the only beaches that matter are... The ones we like. The ones that we, <laughs> we enjoy going to. <laughs> All right. What's our no. search? Oh, okay. As a noun, it is defined as a pebbly or sandy shore, especially by the ocean, between high and low watermarks. So unfortunately, it seems that while it is meant to be used in reference to the ocean, it is not only. Because it says especially. 
Well, I think that the only way that we can really solve this is I'm going to put a poll out on Instagram. I'm going to put a poll in a story. Okay, here's another. This is now Merriam-Webster. Okay. She says definition, she says. I I appreciate that she is feminine. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> who, who run the world? <laughs> definition of beach. One, shore pebbles. Okay. Okay. Is that, that's it? Yep. Okay. Two, two A, a shore of a body of water covered by sand, gravel, or larger rock fragments. B, a seashore area. So it feels like we were wrong. Uh, I mean, it's technically, yes, you're correct. What if this was the whole podcast? We just Googled definitions of words and read them. I feel like people would live for this. You know what I mean? I would. I love this stuff. Think about how weird the English language is. Don't even get me started on that tangent. The weirdest. Like, how many words we use for the same thing? Like, I'm looking at the flowers on my counter, but then there's also flower in my pantry pantry right behind it, and they are two completely different types of flower. It is so weird. Weird. There, there, there. Don't. No, ma'am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really have a high level of respect for people who English is not their first language. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Yeah, we would have endless content. I don't understand this language, and it's my first and mostly only language. I know. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you. It's painful. Yeah. And usually, in my experience, talking to people that English is not their first language, whatever they're saying that is incorrect, I'm doing air quotes right now, incorrect, (laughs) it makes more sense than what is, again, air quotes, correct. Agreed. It doesn't make sense. It feels like we made things difficult just to make it difficult. Maybe we were trying to prove a point of some sort. Let's be different. I don't know. Yeah. The moral of the story is that a beach is by an ocean, and that's that. Yep, the end. On this podcast... A beach is at an ocean. <laughs> this is our truth. And if you're going to speak to us, don't be calling lake beaches beaches. Nope. Just call it the lake. Yep. I don't actually care what you call it. Nope. You can call it whatever you want. But talking to us. A beach. A beach is at the ocean. Yes. And that's that. The end. <laughs> so back to your job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Oh, that's right. I have a career. Do you ever film at the beach? Um, recently, we were in... Oh, boy. We were in Traverse City, Michigan, and we filmed lake beaches. Okay. Yeah. Which, yeah they call them beaches there. They, so, do, they call it a beachfront town. It's beautiful. Still a lake. Shout out Traverse City. Very cool town. Very cool people. Beautiful. Love your shorelines. Yeah. Still a lake. I say, yeah, like I've been there. But <laughs> I have, I've seen your content, though. And so I'm going to insist that when we wrap up this podcast that you share your Instagram handle personally, not just our about what is next one. Mm. Shout out to at but dot what dot is dot next. That was a really fun putting together. But that's what it is. That's what it is. Because the regular but what is next is taken already. I feel like we got to do better. Can we abbreviate? I don't know. You're going to say that every time. But dot what dot but. but <laughs> we're actually freestyling. That's yeah, this exactly. Podcast that's what this podcast is. is that's now. what it sounded like. Total chaos. There was a beat. But you really should share your, your Instagram handle, your Facebook, or whatever your preferred social media thing is. I can't even keep them all straight now. Maybe if you, maybe you have a TikTok. I don't even know. Do you have Only a to watch. Okay, I've never okay. made a TikTok. Just I don't even them. have a TikTok to watch because I'm scared that I would get too consumed you by it. You will and you should and please do. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. But Instagram is usually where I post things. Yeah. Because yeah, then you can see how different my day-to-days are. Yeah. And you have posted some of the coolest 
videos that it's like, oh my God, that's what goes into creating this. Like the aloe commercial, hands down, my favorite yes, thing. That aloe, that. please tell us what aloe is in commercials. <laughs> well, aloe is a plant. Fair. Aloe vera. It's still a plant even when I use it in a commercial. Fair. <laughs> what Sarah's talking about is we produced a commercial spot for the Kleenex brand for a botanical hand soap they were making. And so we did a product shoot. And product shoots are hilarious <laughs> because the end result, you would just never guess what goes into it. And so we did a behind the scenes of producing that. And it's absurd. I mean, we laughed so hard all day on that shoot because the stuff that we had to do to get it is just like, and this is where I love that like production is creative because right. yes, it's Google sheets and it's this and it's that, but it's also having my director describe the final shot where he wants the aloe to, to drip like in a liquid <laughs> format. Right. And I'm like, that's wonderful. But have you ever actually used aloe from a plant? Cause it doesn't do that. No, it right. Doesn't. Another Southern California native thing. Right. We had aloe plants in the front yard. We Absolutely. got sunburnt. We went outside, we cut off a leaf, we cut it in half. And you have to force that it's, aloe out. And it's gooey. Yeah. Like, it is so gooey and sticky. It's not drippy. No. And so I'm like, so one, I had to source aloe plants. None of the aloe plants in Georgia were big enough for okay. what we wanted to do. So I got lucky and my mom was visiting San Diego. I love it. And she bought aloe plants and brought them back so oh, we could mom. have the aloe plants we wanted, right? Shout out to mom. But then we have to pull off this last shot where he wants it to, to drip. And mm. it is a beautiful last shot. Yeah. But what went into that was not beautiful. <laughs> no, it involved lube <laughs> and a hand model and having to stand over the hand model and drip lube down the aloe plant so that he could then pretend that's what was dripping. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and that's what's so cool about your job, though. You right. Know? That, that week, my job involved buying 30 cucumbers at the grocery store and getting heckled by the Kroger employee member who was like, do you have enough cucumbers? And I was like, you know, I'm actually worried I don't. Right. <laughs> do you have any more in the back? <laughs> Are these the only like, – and, and sending pictures to my director saying, like, do you prefer the longer, skinnier, bumpier one? Or do you like the shorter – plumper one I feel like some more girth it needed to be a mix though right or was it what was the answer it was a mix we and we got some of like the baby ones right and then I also that was a really small shoot Mm -hmm. and so it was like we all kind of pitched in for art for all the things like I was cutting up cucumbers that day on set right I was like picking petals off of flowers to get what we needed I was playing you know the game we used to play where like you'd have um indoor recess or something and you'd not because you couldn't go outside it was raining or yeah. whatever and so you'd have like a sheet and everyone would hold part of it and you'd like throw stuff around yes. on it okay well we basically played that with a dishcloth and like cut up cucumbers oh my god i love it and flower petals so that we could get a shot with that stuff like flying in the air amazing but also what you don't see is how many times it took us to coordinate popping the dish towel at just the right time <laughs> and him insisting that he and i make eye contact while we do it oh and then a cucumber flying and hitting him in the face while we were doing beautiful. it beautiful like it's <laughs> it's absurd <laughs> some of the stuff we do to get a shot is so silly and like you have to creatively problem solve like, right Sometimes you're like, oh, this did not work as planned. And I love that part of it, too. I mean, I told you, there's no one favorite. I love this job. So you're really looking at a blend of, like, creative. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say 
people management, which it kind of is, right? It's but it's more like I don't. It, it's not typical people management because you're no. not you're not doing like reviews and it's not that. I would kind say of it's more um, it's relationship building and like you need okay. to know the different people in those different roles so you know who to call like who's great at this who right. should we bring in for this project and then it is just kind of like. Um, the awareness of what's happening on set. Like, right. is everyone good? Like, does this part of my crew seem unhappy? Do I need to check in and see what's happening there? Because if they're unhappy and they're not feeling heard or taken care of or appreciated, mm-hmm. they're not going to do their best work. Right. And if we have to come back and do this again, it's going to be hugely costly. Like, that's not an option for right. us. We don't work on that kind of budget where it's like, oop, reshoot the whole thing. Yeah. That's not an option. So, yeah, it's, it's um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what the best word to summarize that is, because it's not management, yeah. like it's not totally my job to manage those people as they all manage themselves and do their jobs and know things that I don't know anything about. Right. Um, but it's, it's kind of just being in charge of like the, the dynamic and the environment for everybody that they're in and making sure that's good. Right. Good okay. summary, huh? No, I mean, it was. <laughs> It was good. It was oh, good. you want to sum this up in two words? Let me give you 25. Yeah. You're like, that doesn't work for either one of us. In case you haven't noticed by listening to us thus far, we never get to any point quickly. So, <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so we, you know, we're doing this with the purpose of trying to help people understand like what it takes to get into a career like that. You have very clearly shown that you had this really roundabout way of getting into productions. But for somebody that listened to this, that was like, wow. I'm really good with people and I'm good at finding the best in people and I love cutting up cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) What would you tell them is the best entry point to being in productions? Such a good question. Like, do I even know the answer? Because I had such a backwards way of getting in, right? Like I made this connection and um, I mean the... When I realized how much fun this side of like the film production stuff was... I didn't think I could get into it because Mm -hmm. generally you start as a production assistant, a PA, and it's a low paying job. I mean, it's being the assistant to whatever's needed on set and being a single mom with already a well-established career. I couldn't just like stop and pivot and make almost no money and have no job security and no benefits. Like that wasn't an option. And there was a time where I was like, "Ugh, I finally found this thing I love and I don't see any way to do it. And so... For me, it was really like leaning on the skills I already had mm-hmm. and leaning more into the commercial side because getting into the actual like Hollywood industry side of it, there's not a lot of shortcut into right. that. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. And so this side of it, it's like my project management skills made me really valuable to the small business, the small production company. And so that was kind of my end, which goes back to knowing people and talking mm-hmm. to people. Um, and I also did a certificate program through NYU's film school, Tisch Film School, to just get like some foundational knowledge around the industry. Interesting. Okay. So let's talk about that certification then, because that is really interesting stuff, right? Because if somebody, I would imagine if a, if you're in a program like that, you're going to meet other people who are looking to do the same kinds of things. Right. And then also as you and I both know, a sort of like I cannot preach enough how much I love certifications because as somebody like you who came from a really atypical background, certifications is what got me to where I'm at today, which we'll talk about 
I feel like we have to do in another. Episode. I think I have to interview you separately. I think so too, because yours is really interesting, and I don't. Like... I just talk a lot. Well, <laughs> that, but I mean, we both talk a lot. So this is just how things are going to be <laughs> this if you're is listening. What we do. Yep. But okay, so that certification. Mm-hmm. How'd you find it? So one, I also want to say, majority of people in this industry that I work with didn't go to film school. Okay, like I, I think there's. Um, kind of a stigma of like you have to and I don't think that's true right also a lot of people did not go to college it's about like technical skills and having the skills to do what you need to so it is a cool industry to lean into if you don't think a four-year degree is something that's what you want to do or if it doesn't feel attainable you know it's like it is an option and if you are just starting out and you can afford to just be a PA and get on set it's such a good entry point. Yeah. Because you don't really have to have experience. There's a really great thing out there floating around that's like the PA handbook that like walks you through how to be a good PA on set. And then you show up. And like if you're good, you're going to get hired again. Right. Because we need reliable people. And like someone that shows up and is on time and takes initiative and is willing to learn that's going to be rewarded every time. So a, a resource like that, is that something that we could share in the show notes for yeah, people we'll to access? Yeah, we'll find it. Okay. We'll find it. I've just, I've actually never looked at it. I just know <laughs> I've had PAs where I know it's their first time. Like they've gotten connected to us. We hire them on a shoot and I'm like, why are you so good at this? Right. Like, thank you so much. This has been incredible. And they're like, oh, well, I read this thing and it gave me all these pointers. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I'll have to track it down so okay. we can link it for people. Um But on the certification side, when I realized how much I loved this industry Mm -hmm. and I like learning and I like knowing what I'm doing, right? I was like, I need to know more things. And it was like every day there's like seven terms coming up that I'm like, got to Google that, got to Google that. What's this? They're like, we're having a creative meeting and my director will reference some like really influential film Mm -hmm. as like inspiration. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And they'll say like, oh, Ken Burns. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, I don't want to know nothing. And like, I'll learn it eventually. So I just Googled like, you know, classes in film production, like master classes. And there's a ton of good stuff. There's master classes that are an easier entry point. Um, This certification program... I just found by Googling, it's through the Tisch Film School at NYU, which has a wonderful reputation. Mm -hmm. It was totally online and self-paced. You have a year to complete it. So it was like time limited. Um, It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a huge investment. Um, It takes you from, you know, the whole whole process of pre-production, production production to post. Like you make your whole own short film. So you learn the history of film and you learn all the terms and the different roles and you learn about distribution, but then you also learn by the doing the process. Oh my God. Do I get to watch your short film? (laughs) So funny. I just (laughs) shouted to someone recently. It's um, not widely seen. Ben is the main character and you know how compliant nine-year-olds are with their own parents. Oh yeah. So he didn't work very well with the director. Unbelievable. Um, you know, it's the goal was to have it done, not good. And okay. I feel really good about it based on that standard. <laughs> I also feel really confident in saying, like, I know my strengths in this industry. And it's um, it's not working the camera. Okay. Mm-mm. It's not that. It's not drawing storyboards. Oh, okay. It's not editing. There um, we go. But I know that because I had to do all of it a little bit. Yeah. And so it gave me a really good understanding of some of those things. Um, it let me, you know, kind of dip my toe in mm-hmm. and build some understanding about what that process looks like for some of my other crew members and yeah. 
and be sure those are things I don't necessarily want to do. That's it. Well, and that's, so this, again, I'm just going to keep talking about how much I love certifications because like certifications that I've had to do similarly, like through um, UGA, mm-hmm. I did one recently uh, for digital marketing and had to put together an entire marketing plan. And there were definitely parts that I had always found really interesting. Like I've always wanted to learn more about SEO and yeah. then I did it and I was like, pass. Yeah, yeah. Never again. Thank you. I'm good with that. Yeah. So I don't need to pursue that in my career because I did it and I didn't love it. And that I think is so beneficial for people that are trying to figure out what they want to do. Like we never know what we want to no. do until you know what you don't. A lot of the time, right? Absolutely. Like I think that's it's overlooked. Yeah. As an important part of the process of like. Yeah okay, so you try something and you don't love it. Like, mm-hmm. that's not like, God, I still don't know what I want to do. It's like, okay, cool. You're one step closer. Yes. Because you've learned the pieces that aren't working. And that's like through all of my random unconnected jobs, there were always these pieces that were good and that I liked. And there was a lot of stuff that wasn't. And I had in my first job when I was building a program to help people find jobs and direction, I was working under a woman who was a really successful career coach consultant she had previously been a lawyer and transitioned out of that and then worked in recruiting and helped people kind of find their way and one thing that she taught me and that we taught as part of that program was to always pay attention to what gives you energy and what drains your energy oh and so I think in life and in career it's really important in both places right it's like what what is lighting you up like what do you do and you feel like you could continue doing it and kind of keeping a running tally and then what are the things that like five minutes feels like an hour and it's painful and draining and you don't like it and keeping that kind of inventory of what those things are and with every role trying to move closer to something that hits those things that you love doing and has less of the things you don't like doing yes that's progress I love it so maybe it's like you don't know exactly what you're doing but you're closer you're closer every time and that in itself is a win yeah weeding those things out Mm -hmm. so important okay So we've been chatting for a little while now, (laughs) which I love because you're one of my favorite people to talk to. We've been chatting for about six years now, really. It's It's true. It's just the first time we've recorded it. The first time we've worn headphones while doing it, which is really fun. It's the only way we're doing it now. So, okay, in in kind of winding this down and thinking about people who are listening who are like, cool, okay, so I think I want to try this certification thing. That sounds awesome. I want to figure out what I do and don't love about being a producer. What words of wisdom, what advice, any, any parting thoughts for somebody who's considering this? And I see if you guys could see the face that Mandy's making right now. She's like, oh my God, I just asked her the hardest question in the world. Cause, and I get it. It's a lot. But no there's pressure. always that one thing that you're like, if just somebody was like, hey, I want to get in productions, what, what words of wisdom do you have for me? What would you say? If someone wanted to get into production... I think the biggest piece of advice I would have for not just getting into production, but trying something new is just be willing to ask questions and to be okay not knowing things. Mm. Know how to answer your own questions to start, right? Like know your resources to go to, to educate yourself and give yourself the information you need. And then when you can't get that answer, be willing to ask. Because there's nothing worse than someone like pretending they know. Yes. And then there's a miscommunication down the road, right? And I think there was a long time in my career where I was scared to admit I didn't know something because I didn't want people to think, 
I wasn't smart enough or I shouldn't be in the room or I was underqualified, which I was a lot of the time, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, <laughs> I was often underqualified for the job I was doing. I had a lot of intangible skills, but the actual skills and experience required, I've almost never had walking into a role. Right. But my willingness to recognize what I didn't know and to try and teach myself made people trust me. Yep. And then they saw the intangibles and they saw my willingness to learn and my willingness to take initiative. And that has opened so many doors in terms of the professional relationships and opportunities and just building those personal relationships with, with people where I'm then able to be the squeaky wheel. Yes. And people trust me and where I'm coming from because I haven't pretended to be or do anything I couldn't. Right. Um, and so that just showing up as myself and really owning what I know and don't know and being willing to learn and ask questions, that's gotten me further than I ever thought I would go. I feel like I've gotten to know a whole different side of your career today, which has been really fun. Yeah. It's funny. We It's like we know what each other does. Yeah. But we talk about so much that isn't work most of the time. Right. That we don't really ever have, like, in-depth work conversations. No, and it's so interesting. Oh, my God, this dog's drinking <laughs> behind me right now. It's very thirsty. <sighs> All right, so on our next next time that you guys hear from us, uh, Mandy will be interviewing me since... I'll get to know all the things yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can get to know all the really cool things about um, digital marketing. I'm so excited. Which is fun. I love what I do, so I'm excited to talk about it. And next time, um, hopefully you won't hear dogs... And kids and husbands. It's It can only us. get better, right? This is the first time. You know what? And we're just going to keep getting... All right. So in our show notes, we're going to include some resources that Mandy mm-hmm. shared and talked about, as well as Mandy's social information. So if you want to go stalk her online and get some behind-the-scenes stuff from some of her documentaries, um, commercials, really exciting stuff that she's working on, she always posts the coolest stories and makes me want to work in productions just because what she's doing is so much more visually appealing than what I do (laughs) (laughs) there is a really fun side to it there's there's definitely a fun flashy showy side that is hard to compete with yeah exactly well thank you all if you've made it this far thank Um, you you're welcome we're sorry all of those things (laughs) (laughs) we're here for all of it we're here for you um so join us on our next episode um coming out soon we'll be back Thanks. Oh.